Hi guys, I just wanted to stop for a second before I started the podcast and let you guys know that uh, I actually did go and remove my previous podcasts. I had three episodes. I had uh, two episodes with just different news and stuff and an episode where I introduced um, Rez, which is one of my uh, friends from here in town. And uh, I went ahead and removed those and uh, I'm going to be just quickly rebooting the podcast due to uh, new new hardware. Uh, I'm going to be looking to upgrade my hardware uh, even more. So uh, just, just with that, I wanted to go ahead and start off this podcast and um, I'm hoping that you guys enjoy. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Jakester2014 here with my STS podcast. Now today, I guess what we're going to talk about is a little bit of uh, podcast community uh, civil wars almost. Almost a competitiveness within the podcast community itself. Uh, I'm just starting out podcasting, so when it comes to uh, the community and having some help and being able to actually get on podcasts and talk to different people and do anything in the podcast community, I found that it's actually pretty hard. Podcasting is not a competitive sport. You're not supposed to be competitive doing what we do. And yet I say, hey, let's let's pod share. Let's let's join each other's podcast and see if we can help boost each other's views. And that seems to not work as well as I'd like it to. So I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, that. I'm going to talk a little bit more in depth about that. I'm going to talk about the fact I'm, I'm a delivery driver. I drive delivery as I'm driving right now. I'm going to talk about why people seem to think it's okay to not tip and and maybe even go and delve into that, just world issues uh, about, like that. Later on in the week, I'm hoping... Um, We'll have another podcast up on just specific world issues. I'm hoping that we'll have another guest on air and we'll be able to talk about that. But for right now, I'm going to focus on a couple different things. And like I said, it's going to be uh, as to where uh, why people do not tip. And I'm also going to talk about some new games coming out and new technology that I've seen. All right, so let's start. I guess as a delivery driver... Uh, I, I'm kind of biased because I make my tips, um, and that's how I live by my, pe- my my paycheck. Luckily, I do have a second job, and I do end up doing that. I'm not gonna disclose who I work for and how I work and what kind of driver I am, simply for the fact that that goes against my company policy. But I will tell you that three quarters of my people tip, and about a quarter of them don't, and that's actually quite a bit considering if I take 18. Uh, deliveries a night about 10 of them are no tippers and that's not good for me that makes me lose money so a tip from anybody i've noticed i've noticed a lot of people as a delivery driver you have a set version or a a set amount of tips that you want to give that's okay but if it's not even worth the drive there then it's not even there's no point in giving that tip out to that person if it's not even enough for the drive there. I mean, uh, please, with all due respect, go ahead and keep giving the tips because anything helps. But say I drive five miles out of town, I got a pretty fuel efficient car, but that still will eat my gas. 
I get out there and I don't get a tip, then that means I've wasted 10 miles to go to the store there and back. And that's just not viable for a delivery driver. You, you gotta have some money to put the gas in. Like, uh, there's a delivery charge, but that charge doesn't actually go to me. And most people don't understand that. That delivery charge is for all the delivery items, such as cups and plates and bags and any other thing like that. It goes towards that. It doesn't go to me as the driver. The tips are what go directly to me as a driver. And I know tons of people that have issues with that and that have issues as a waitress or a delivery driver or anything, any occupation that makes tips for a living, they have issues with no tippers. See, when I get someone that isn't tipping, it automatically dis discourages me almost for the rest of the night. I'll be driving and I'll be driving and, and busting ass literally to get to where I need to go because I do live off those tips and I do have a, a sense of urgency because of that. And I'm also proud of my work, very proud of my work. And when I don't get tipped, it's like, man, why did, why did I even take that as quick as I did? Why did I make it get there as, you know, as quick as I did? Because it was not even respected enough almost. And that's really, it, that's really what b blows about being a delivery driver or any waitress. In fact, you know, the waitresses will come, they'll say, Hey, how, how is everything? How's your food? Do you need a refill on your drinks? Those are the good waitresses, the drivers that make it to your place on time. Those are the good drivers. You know, I, I, I get that everybody has their little hiccups, but those are the people that you want to tip and that you want to take care of because next time you come in or order, we're going to take care of you. We remember those names. We remember those people, the people that order and do actually tip. We remember that. It's very important to tip your waitresses and your delivery drivers simply for the fact that eventually one day, maybe you won't have that person that comes to your door and greets you as nice as we do. Maybe we won't have that reliability of multiple human beings on the road. We're gonna get taken over by robots and that delivery fee is gonna go up to 10, 12 bucks because we gotta afford to fuel up an automatic driving car and pay for all the technological advancements that we will have in place. Like for instance, in the future, I can see self-driving cars and automatic robots taking pizzas to my door. Well. Eventually, that's gonna deplete all the jobs for delivery drivers, and it's gonna make it so all the delivery drivers, the ones that actually go to your door, knock on the door out of a job. Now, I know most people say, oh, I don't care, that's not me, that's not my job, so whatever. But it's other human beings and their livelihood. That's a problem we have in the world today, is that other human beings do not care about other human beings. They're too self-centered and, and wrapped up into what they got they got going on in their lives and th that's a delving a little bit into uh, what I'm hoping is going to be uh, covered in a podcast next week so as a delivery driver as a waitress as anybody that has an occupation that lives off tips we beg you please tip because you don't know what we got going on you don't know what they have to do what they have to pay for and that is how they live that is that is their livelihood so I, I'm, I, I went ahead and covered that. Now let's, let's move on to a different subject here. So, all right. And so I guess so the next thing I want to talk about is AI and video games. Uh, last week I was at Rez's house and it, I was watching him play Need for Speed. And when he was playing, I noticed that the, the, the city was based in uh, what looked like San Francisco. Uh, 
quote me if I'm wrong. Go ahead and send me a message and let me know if I'm wrong. But uh, I was at his house watching him play Need for Speed and noticed that the AI in the game was lacking, almost. Uh, I would say lacking in uh, amounts. So in San Francisco, you drive through the city and you see the entire town and the roads and everything else filled with cars. I know Need for Speed doesn't have really any pedestrians in it. Some games do, some games don't. But I know that there's cars all over the roads in the Need for Speed open world games. Now, I noticed in Need for Speed Most Wanted, the, the newer one released, not the old one, that it was based, like I said, based in San Francisco. And that there was, like, no cars. Like, there was three or four cars on the road here or there. And I just... It blew my mind because if I think of San Francisco, I think the, the city filled with cars, filled with movement and transportation. And I understand that there's a logical reasoning behind this uh, because they don't want to overcrowd the roads and make it hard for the drivers to actually drive in-game. But still, it there was only three or four cars on the road. It wasn't like a whole lot of cars. Like They could have even added a little bit more in and still would have been okay. I mean, for example... Grand Theft Auto 5, they have a good amount of pedestrians and cars on the road. It's a good even amount, and it, it, the AI in the game is just, uh, they're actually very smart for the AI. And if we look back at Most Wanted, it, it's not there. It's like they, they just didn't care to put enough vehicles in the game. Like I said, I understand that it would make the game a little bit more complicated to play with more vehicles, but, and I, and I guess I don't know if there's a way to turn vehicles, uh, the vehicle density up and down or not, but I feel like the game would be more realistic and less arcadey with more vehicles on the road. It would even add a little bit of a, a difficulty and a challenge to the game simply for the fact all the cars are on the road and you need to avoid them. So, and that's with a lot of games too. Like, uh, I understand, like, in 2000, in 2000s, in the 2000s, like, early 2000s, there was Driver on PS1. Now, that was definitely way back when, and games weren't really evolutionized at that point. And so with Driver, you couldn't hit the pedestrians on the road, and there wasn't a whole lot of cars. But we've had so many technological AI advances that it should allow for that many cars to be on the road. And the game... Most Wanted itself isn't even a large game. They had plenty of room still left on the disc to add more things. I know this because Blu-ray discs are capable of holding so much. And I've noticed, like I said, I noticed that it wasn't, it, it just wasn't there. It's like they didn't care to keep programming the pedestrian civilian vehicles. I'm excited simply for the fact Grand Theft Auto V, for example, has a really good AI system. I, I can't say that there's nothing wrong with it. But I'm excited to see the new Grand Theft Auto they release here in a couple years, or even a year. I don't know much about it, but maybe I should do that. If you guys want to hear uh, current rumors and leaks on video games, I can do that. Just shoot me a message, send me an email, uh, and we'll see about making that happen. You know, it, it, because that would be a kind of a cool thing to cover, just trying to fill out my podcasting avatar, per se. But anyways... I'm excited for the new Grand Theft Auto games simply for the fact that the AI in the game uh, that's already out, Grand Theft Auto V, is, is pretty immaculate. So the new Grand Theft Auto games, if they go ahead and update their engine, they're going to blow people out of the water with the new AI in the game. 
So I mean, just a, just a simple idea of why why I feel like we should cover this uh, this topic. So I guess we'll move on to another topic here. I'm trying to keep these podcasts going now. Uh, create a little bit of longer podcasts. So let's go ahead and move on to a different topic. All right. So we got a little bit off topic and moved on to different topics. But I want to go back to the fact that the community for podcasting is seemingly a little bit competitive. I understand a little bit of competitiveness, but when it comes to wanting to progress your own podcast, I feel like you should be open to having people come on your podcast and feature other people and whatnot. Now, I know a lot of podcasts do have multiple people that vocalize, and that's great, but when you can have two different podcasts that join together and visit each other's podcast, that's two audiences combined that you can reach out to. Now, it's two different podcasting avatar audiences that you reach out to. And I just feel like once you get on another person's podcast, you share that podcast just as much as you do your own, simply for the fact that you want to help other people be successful too. And that goes along with being a good human being and having good morals. So when when I ask, or because I have, I have asked, but when I go and ask, hey, would you like to feature me on your podcast? And I'll go ahead and feature you on mine and maybe we'll help each other out and build and grow. Uh, it, it opens up doors and opportunities for you to rub elbows. So why not do it? I mean, I don't see a downside. I guess if you're getting paid specifically to cover your own podcast, like I'm uh, you know, I understand sponsors and advertisements and all that, but if some, unless you sign a contract saying, hey, another podcast cannot come on this podcast, then I don't understand why people want to be so uh, quote-unquote stingy about it because we're all here trying to help the active listeners. When you're here helping the active listeners, I mean, that's my goal at least. I don't know what everybody else is. I mean, other people want to do it to make money, but my goal is to feed information to my listeners and just kind of get people racking their brain and just shoot the shit maybe even get them to laugh i mean for you know for instance i heard a podcast today it was an hour-long podcast and it was just a beginning podcast it wasn't anything huge or off the wall literally they had this this one episode that was posted uh as of today i do believe i went and sent them a message and said hey i see you're growing I see that may- maybe you would like to pod share because you don't have a whole lot of viewers yet. Now, be that be at, I don't know that, but generally speaking, if your podcast is just starting out, you don't have a whole lot of viewers. I don't. I don't have a whole lot of viewers right now, and I'm hoping that I gain viewers. Gaining viewers is my ultimate target, my ultimate satisfaction because like I said, I'm not here for the money. I'm here to make sure people hear what I got to say. There's a lot of stuff that I feel like is important that needs said. And if we can cover the fact that pod sharing is a good thing and not a bad thing in the podcasting community, maybe we can all progress. There, There is an increase in podcasting. I, I want to say, don't quote me, but I want to say it says that podcasting will be up like 147 percent within the next couple years and that means there's so many more people going around and listening to podcasts and listening to new podcasts and just checking the checking the scene out really and ultimately if you're having one person listen to on average it said about six podcasts that they favorite and listen to then 
maybe you can just trigger that one person or even just a couple people listening to an alternative podcast because you went and pod shared that means that that person that one person has broken a cycle or broken a cycle and is allowing themselves to listen to more podcasts to listen to better podcasts or even uh, just podcasts that cover different subjects my my podcast is meant just to shoot the shit talk and cover technological advances world news and anything like that but say joe jim bob fucking thornton or whatever the fuck you want to call him down the road wants to cover uh snow on the ground or just something something off the wall and irrelevant then if you feature on there and put your own voice and word in then why wouldn't you be able to to go and podcast pod share i don't know just a little food for thought on that one uh all right we're gonna take a little break here and then i'll be back to discuss a little bit more uh so let's go ahead and uh, go to my sponsor All right, welcome back, everybody. So I'm going to continue this podcast with some uh, news. So to start off the news segment, I should say, uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with Super Bowl 53. So Tech Republic cites that CBS Sports is going to broadcast the biggest event in America, and it'll also be using 2,000 strands of additional fiber and 330 recording channels. Now, it's it's required that they support a total of 115 cameras at five different sets around the stadium. And Maroon 5 will be playing halftime. And uh, also, what's going to be happening this year is that six of the cameras are going to be fitted with augmented reality sensors. Um, And that'll basically let them track the uh, augmented reality graphics. Um, Another big thing for the podcast, or sorry, for the broadcast, is that it's going to be using multiple 8K cameras. So... Um, a couple weeks ago, I was talking about how I felt 8K was a useless thing to add <clears throat> to TVs currently. Well, that useless thing is going to be added on Super Bowl 53. <laughs> All right, so I guess that covers the quick segment for Super Bowl. Sorry it was so quick, but, I mean, that's the biggest news I could find for that. Uh, Apple. So Apple has released uh, a statement saying that they closed their FaceTime uh, security bug. And that basically allowed it to uh, users to eavesdrop on other users. What makes it funny is that the news broke out on Data Privacy Day. So that kind of makes it a little awkward there. Um, The company said in a statement that it has fixed the vulnerability on its servers and it'll issue a software update to re-enable the group FaceTiming sometime next week. Now, the bug, what it did was that uh, basically it allowed any um, Apple device, iPhones, iPads, and Macs... uh, it could be turned on unintentionally and turned into a listening device. And uh, it depended on how you entered the, the group chat, the video chat, uh, which from what I understand is, is that how it activated, how it all depended on how you entered the group chat. Um, and that was with the FaceTime, the group FaceTime that was uh, in iOS 12.1. Um, so Apple went ahead and apologized to the users and proceeded to say we take the security of our products extremely seriously and we are committed to continuing to earn the trust Apple customers place in us. Now, 
a couple years back, they had a big deal with the FBI and all that stuff to find a shooter's information on the phone, and they, they really did take that security pretty seriously. Uh, but I will say that it was another huge uh, step back for Apple because it definitely prides itself on the privacy of its customers. Um, and, and they definitely did not fix this issue promptly. It was reported to them a while ago... Uh, and quote Thompson quote said I tried my best to report it to them and they didn't listen so they weren't even caring to pay attention to this issue until I guess someone found it now they went ahead and fixed it and made it all better uh, but it's still just the the fact that they didn't even want to fix it shows that they didn't care along with the the controversy that the iPad was being bent a couple months ago they didn't seem to care about that either so they're kind of losing customers all around the world because of that issue uh, <coughs> Apple's full statement says we have fixed the group FaceTime security bug on Apple servers and we will issue a software update to re-enable this feature for users next week. We thank the Thompson family for reporting the bug. We sincerely apologize to our customers who are affected and all who were concerned about the security issue. We appreciate everyone's patience as we complete this process. We want to assure our customers that as soon as our engineering team became aware of details necessary to reproduce the bug, they quickly disabled group FaceTime and began working on the fix. We are committed to improving the process by which we receive and escalate these reports in order to get them to the right people as fast as possible. We take security of our products extremely seriously and we are committed to continuing to earn the trust Apple customers place in us. Now, just because they said something, I don't believe... Uh, that is necessarily true. I mean, it's a multi-million dollar company and they just bullshit their way through everything, which is quite frankly absurd. But, you know, it is what it is. And I guess the people that are huge Apple fans will continue to be Apple fans. And the people that are Android fans will continue to be huge Android fans. So, I mean, there's really uh, big news in Apple headquarters rolling around with data privacy. So, uh, I guess let's see. We'll see how that unfolds. Uh the other news that I want to go over is uh, the Samsung Galaxy phones. Um, just a, a couple days ago, I might be a little late on this, but a couple days ago, the foldable tech phones have been confirmed by Samsung. The Samsung Galaxy X or Galaxy F, uh, it is confirmed and expected in March. So uh, it is, it's rumored to be called the Galaxy F or F, which, I mean, the Galaxy F is, I mean, that's just not, that's just not good to me. Galaxy fuck! <laughs> but, you know, I guess, I guess uh, all, all to their own. Um, the Galaxy F stands for probably, most likely, Galaxy X or, or Galaxy Flex or Galaxy Fold. Sorry. And uh, it is anticipated to be launched in March. Uh, the other foldable phones that have been uh, confirmed besides Samsung are the Royal FlexPi. And that phone is supposed to be having a plastic 7.8-inch AMOLED screen. And that one's already on sale. So you'll pay uh, around $1,300 for 6 gigs of RAM um, and the 128 gigs in uh, storage space. Or you're going to pay around $1,500 for the 8 gigs of RAM and a 256-gigabyte version. Now, it runs on an operating system called Water. And that's going to be uh, pretty much layered over the Android Pie update. It's going to be like a wrapping, sort of say. Um, and you can go get that phone now. So, moving on, we got uh, Huawei. Um, I still I just still don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But uh, someone just, like I said, someone please let me know if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, they also confirmed a foldable phone. Um, and that phone is going to be their first 5G phone. And that should be announced sometime in February. And uh, sometime in June, I would say. Uh 
it should be released. Um, and that one's supposed to, like I said, obviously have a foldable screen too. Um, Xiaomi is also confirmed um, with their dual flex or mixed flex. And they let that be known um, on a last Wednesday in, on the social media platform Weibo. So that just covers a little bit of uh, news, tech news uh, for this podcast. And uh, all in all, I would say that technology is advancing in such a way that it allows more things to be done um, and more things to be seen and out there, which is great. But at the same time, going back to Apple and their uh, data privacy, getting more technology out there and having more things connected within your house and within your home in your life is could be a possible bad thing due to data privacy. All these companies collect all your data and turn around and sell it for profit. Now, whether it's used for good or bad things, then, you know, each company to their own. But uh, there has been a lot of bad things happen with uh, data privacy, you know, happen with data mining. And that's not necessarily... uh, what I want in my house. So just as my listeners listen, just be aware that data mining is a thing for companies and that it can be uh, a bad thing. It can be uh, a, ma- a malignant or uh, sorry, not a malignant, but a malicious thing. And, you know, most of the time it's not, but uh, just be aware, please, please be aware. It's a huge thing and a huge hassle, huge issue in the world today is that none of our privacy is there. Uh, so I think that's going to end up wrapping up our podcast for today. You've listened to Jakester's Shoot the Shit podcast, Jakester's STS podcast. I'm going to throw you another, uh, sponsor advertisement your way. Go ahead and keep listening through. So, you know, maybe I can afford to get more items to podcast better with. And, uh, I'll see you on the next, next broadcast guys. Thanks for listening.